Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We are going to recap week three. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave a review. Send me an email. Big Ten Football Talk at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter. Kind of an uneven day for the Big Ten if you look at what has happened across the conference. I'm going to start just with a recap Kind of with, I think, the two biggest games for the Big Ten and particularly for reputation. Uh, The Big Ten split. Michigan State went to Washington last night and fell 39-28 in a game that, while I picked Michigan State to win, I'm not honestly all that shocked. Probably the, the biggest surprise is just how good Washington is. Washington dominated the lines of scrimmage. They held Michigan State to 42 yards of total rushing yardage, 1.4 yards per carry. And listen, I knew Jalen Berger wasn't going to be Kenneth Walker. I didn't think that Jarek Broussard, I didn't think that they would be able to fully replace Kenneth Walker. But to only rush for 1.4 yards was uh, honestly just really surprising. And part of it, I think, is is on the Spartans. I think part of it is also the Huskies are better than we thought. Obviously, Michael Penix, the, the transfer from Indiana, had a big day. Four touchdowns, nearly 400 yards of passing offense. I think my takeaway from this game is there were two teams in particular that I thought were really good last year and overachieved last year and that they would come back to reality this year. One was Iowa which I think we've already seen. They're one and two or two and one, but they've struggled offensively. The other is is Michigan State. They were they were really good last year. They were eleven and two, but I thought some of those wins were more just they they gutted out some wins. They they got some coin flip wins. And when you don't have the same amount of talent, it's tough to keep that going. Michigan State a lot of people liked Michigan State because they returned a lot on defense. Well, guys, their back seven was not very good last year. And so when you return of not ver- uh, return a lot of not very good players and not, not very good personnel, it doesn't really matter. Michael Penix lit him up. 400 yards, four touchdowns. And listen, I think I think Penix is good. He's certainly really good at Indiana in 2020, but this is not the same type of receiving core that they're going to face against Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Maryland. 
I think this might be a precursor for what might happen to the Spartans in Big Ten play. And I don't I don't want to spell all gloom and doom because Mel Tucker's a good coach. I don't think they're going to go under 500 here. But I do think you have to realize Michigan State may not be uh, an, a top three team in the conference this year. In fact, I would almost guarantee it unless there's there's injuries. Um across the conference. And and maybe I'll be wrong. I do think Peyton Thorne's still pretty good. I think they have pieces. I just I'm not sold between their line play and their back seven. I just think this is a this is a tough one for Michigan State. Um I'm gonna switch to the other the other I think big non-conference game or interconference game I should say for the Big Ten and that was Penn State and Auburn. And Penn State went into Auburn and whooped the Tigers. They whooped them. And I know the Tigers are not, they're not great. They're not great. But I don't think anyone was expecting this type of a win. Uh, A good friend of the podcast, Jim Ebersall, he emailed me. And and I'm so grateful for you, grateful uh, for your friendship and your your support of the pod. He he said that he liked Penn State to come away with a hard fought thirty to twenty four win. Um, you know, concerned about the the running back duo of Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. You know, thought maybe that the young linebackers would maybe struggle setting the edge in the run game. Listen, Penn State and and I think you know he and I were texting back and forth during the game. Penn State limited Auburn to three point three yards per carry. Against that running game to do that is phenomenal. The the freshmen were great. Probably even more encouraging to me was how Penn State ran the ball. Nick Singleton, 124 yards on on 10 carries, two touchdowns, 12.4 yards per carry. Katrin Allen, nine carries, 52 yards, 5.8 yards per carry. Devin Ford, seven carries, 37 yards, 5.3 yards per carry. Kayvon Lee, four carries, 18 yards, 4.5 yards per carry. Now, granted, Singleton had a 54-yard run and I think another 48-yard run. Uh, Devin Ford had a 30-yard run. Katrin Allen had an 18-yard run. So they had some big chunk plays on the ground. But overall, they carried the ball 39 times and averaged 6.3 yards per carry. Like, that is recipe for success, especially when you also have... Uh, Brenton Strange, Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley, and Keandre Lambert-Smith. Like, they've got weapons all around. And if you can run the ball and play complementary football like that, and you have the defense you have, that's going to be a tough out for anybody, including Michigan and Ohio State. And so I get Auburn is not very... They're not great. And so... The issue here is not that Penn State won. I think I think Penn State could have won this game, you know, 20, you know, 28, 20, like last year. And it would have said, okay, they can beat an okay team on the road. They they buried Auburn. And that tells me more, and someone was giving me flack on Twitter about this, but listen, when a team can can dominate like this against a maybe a, a weaker opponent, 
I care more about what you show me, not about the final score. What I saw was an offensive line and a defensive line that dominated up front. I saw young players flashing all around uh, between receivers, running backs, linebackers, defensive backs. And listen, it's not like Auburn doesn't have good personnel. Uh, I think it's Derek, Derek Hall is their their defensive tackle. He's probably going to be a top two round pick. And so for that offensive line to dominate him is really, really good. Now, how good is the defense? Tank Bigsby is a stud and uh, Jarquez Hunter is a stud. Outside of that, you know, their, their quarterback play is leaves a lot to be desired. Their receivers leave a lot to be desired. So do we know a ton about the defense? Not not as much. You know, they still allowed 35 or 31 to Purdue. But I I thought this is a really, really good win for Penn State. I think I think if anything, it really becomes an intriguing race in the Big Ten East. Do I think Penn State's the the favorite? No. Do I think they're the second best team? No. But I do think they are capable of taking one of those top two teams down in Michigan and Ohio State right now in the Big Ten East. So I'll go a little quicker with the rest. Um, I thought Purdue choked. I thought this for the second week, second time in three weeks, Jeff Brom has, put, you know, he he has one way or another has struggled to keep get his team focused at the end of games. I thought in the the loss to Penn State. He just his play calling was abysmal. I thought, you know, you look at discipline issues, you know, two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties that forces you to kick off from the five yard line after you score a game winning or the go ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter. I, I thought it was abysmal, and I think Jeff Brom, as great as great of a play caller he is, and as as great as of a creative mind he is, that was. When when you have multiple games where you are undisciplined and you fail like that, you know, the first time it's on the players. The second time, it's on you because that's indicative of, of the character of your team. And so I I would love to see, you know, Purdue has it easily could be three and zero at this point. Instead they're one and two. So like they've got the talent. Um I, it was a good win, but gritty, gritty win by Syracuse and Syracuse three and zero. Like that's a, they're they're, I think they're tougher than I thought uh, as as an ACC team. So Syracuse three and zero, good for them. Uh, Jeff Brom's gotta gotta figure stuff out. He's gotta help his team be more disciplined. Um, so I thought, I thought um, Indiana being three and zero. I don't know if anyone would have guessed that. Again, I thought Western Kentucky was going to win that game. Indiana fought hard. I, I don't think Indiana and Hoosiers fans, I'm sorry to say this, I don't know if they're they're anything better than than like a Rutgers. If if I'm honest, I think they may have maybe a couple more pieces. Basilak, I think, is a little bit more consistent right now at the quarterback position. But the fact that they are fighting like this and they're three and zero, they have a Big Ten win. Um you know, I, I I'm in, I think Tom Allen is just doing a really good job right now with the Hoosiers. I, I don't know how how many more wins he's going to get because, you know, he, they're in the Big Ten East. 
But I, I'm impressed by their ability to win close games, to to hang in there. I, I don't know if a bowl is in their future. Um, they, they play Cincinnati this upcoming week, which I don't know what to think about Cincinnati, to be honest. I think they, they actually might be able to win that game. I'm not sure. Um, and then they have Nebraska, which, you know, that's a winnable game. So maybe they make a bowl game. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I think I think the Cincinnati game next week really will determine a lot in the in the upcoming uh week or weeks because if if they beat Cincinnati, they only need two more wins to get to, to bowl eligibility. And you can make an argument between Nebraska and Rutgers, you know, they, they could have a shot in both those games. Um uh, speaking of Nebraska and, and Rutgers, let me just quickly mention Nebraska. They got they got destroyed by Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a is a really good team. I don't I don't know how good Gus and Joel kept saying how they're a completely different team under Brent Venables. Listen, Nebraska is terrible right now. And they just had a coaching change. So I'm not going to put too much stock in it. Here's what I will say. And and I know Nebraska faithful, they're looking for anything possible. I'll say two things. One, Mickey Joseph, props to him for coming out and owning that loss. You know, he said it's not anyone else but himself. I don't think Scott Frost said that once as the Nebraska head coach. So I just want to give a lot of props to Mickey Joseph. The second thing is, Nebraska faithful, please don't rush into thinking that Urban Meyer is going to fix everything. Urban Meyer, like, get someone who's going to build up that culture from the ground up and that is going to be patient. Urban, every every rebuild that Urban had, it was in two years, and it's because there were already pieces in place, right? Like Bowling Green, you can you can get eight, nine wins at, in the MAC just by changing the culture uh, quickly. Same thing with Utah when they were in the Mountain West. Florida had talent. Ohio State had talent. Nebraska doesn't have a lot of talent right now. And it's going to take at least three to four years. And Urban is not patient. And honestly, he's in the twilight of his career. For those of you who want Urban, I said it when he went to the NFL, It you're, you're looking for the coach from 15 years ago. He's not the same guy. And he's not going to hold up. I love Urban. I'm a, I'm a Buckeye fan. I appreciate everything he did for Ohio State. But you don't, like, it, it's like wanting Bob Stoops. You could tell at the end of his career, like, he was, you know, they were good. They got 10, 11 wins every year. But that's what you should get at Oklahoma or Ohio State. Because who else is challenging them? Nobody. And... So they're they're winning every game that they should and getting blown out by the big the big boys. That's they that's not the recipe for success for an utter rebuild. You got to get someone who is going to come in for the long haul and sees himself being there for you know five to seven years to build this thing up and, and to build an identity. You know, honestly, if Brett Bielema weren't at Illinois. Bielema's made like the type of guy I would get. 
I think he's he's the type of guy that you need right now. Get that black shirt identity back because it, it ain't there right now. But props to Mickey Joseph. Real props to Mickey Joseph. Rutgers uh, squeaked it out against Temple. I was surprised by that score. But, again, really, really good job by Shiano to, to get get a win. You know, a win is a win is a win, especially when, you know, you're Rutgers. And, you know, now they, they, they face an Iowa team that's struggling to score points. I, I would expect Iowa to win that game. But, you know, anything is possible. I will say... You know, Iowa bounced back in a big way. I joked that I don't know if Iowa could find 20, 23 points. Well, they found 23 points. They found 27. And they beat Nevada. Nevada, not great, but the fact that they put the ball in the end zone, that's good for Iowa. They moved to 2 one They got Rutgers next week. Uh, let's see, what else? No, uh, Northwestern lost, I thought, a game that they should have you know, they had no business losing to Southern Illinois. No business losing. Southern Illinois is 0-2 or was 0-2, and their two losses were to Incarnate Word and Southeast Missouri State, and Northwestern loses to them. What are you doing? I, I you know, I I said a lot of good things about Pat Fitzgerald at the beginning of this year. Pat, you got you got your work cut out cut out. I I can excuse losses to you know to group of five teams, but not bad FCS teams. Like you got to get your stuff together. My goodness, I mean North Northwestern is bad, and that, that should tell you how how far Nebraska's fallen to lose to Northwestern. Um, Northwestern's a bad team this year. Like, they're really bad. Um, Minnesota, Wisconsin, both those teams did a great job uh, blowing out uh, lesser competition. Maryland, uh, I thought, showed some real resolve to beat SMU. I had SMU winning that game outright. Instead, Maryland won by seven. Um, they were undisciplined, though. 15 penalties, and that, again, Mike Loxley, that's the one thing that he really struggles with is turnovers and penalties. They've got Michigan next week. And so can Maryland cut that, cut those things down, get a little bit more disciplined? The one thing I will say that I was impressed by, Hemby, the running back for Maryland, 151 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they got their running game going, and that's I think that bodes well. I'm excited to see Michigan play somebody that's not ranked in the 120s. Like, I think Michigan's good. I, I do. How good? Because they, they've played, I mean, they, they've played the equivalent of high school teams at this point. And, like, Hawaii lost by 49 to Vanderbilt. They're not good. UConn is awful. Colorado State is awful. Like these are terrible teams. In fact, I think according to Tom Fornelli uh, at CBS Sports, uh, Colorado State and Hawaii are the two worst programs in the country in FBS. Now I think that'll change after this week because Hawaii somehow pulled out a win against du- Duquesne, but like Michigan's done well, you know. But they're playing 
terrible teams. Maryland's not, I don't think, is great, but they can do some stuff. They've got they've got guys on the lines. They've got a running back. They've got receivers. They have a competent quarterback. So I want to see how Michigan does. Um, a couple of the, the big games that I out, – out of conference. BYU got smoked by Oregon. I was wrong on that. And Texas A&M held up against Miami. I was wrong on that. But, you know, I, I'm not sure all that tells us. I think Oregon – Oregon's just – they're better than I thought. But that means that Georgia is – ridiculous because Georgia just crushed them. And then, listen, BYU, I was thinking, oh, maybe college football. Nope. College football playoff. Nope, 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 nope. No, 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 no. Get out. (laughs) Out of the conversation. So, yeah. And then Miami, you know, struggled against a a Texas A&M team that, you know, lost to App State. They had a bunch of t- players uh, suspended, and yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh, Miami's Miami's not back yet. I I do think Miami, I think Miami's gonna be better under Cristobal. But uh, I'll finish with uh, Ohio State Toledo. Uh, Ohio State just decimated Toledo. I will say Toledo's quarterback. Uh, I think it was DeQuinn. De- 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 DeQuinn Wynn, I think, was his name. Let me let, let me look it up here. Um, De, DeQuan Finn. DeQuan Finn. He, he's going to transfer somewhere, I think, to a Power 5 team and make them amazing. Because, I mean, just some of the ways, some of the throws he made last night, uh, the way he was able to escape the pocket when pressure was coming... So I thought that was good. I will say Ohio State's tackling last night was – it was bad at times, and they got to fix that. Also a little concerned about injuries, especially as they play they, – they start to play Wisconsin next week and our conference play. But all in all, Ohio State offensively looked like themselves for the first time. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming were both back in a limited role – JSN had a couple catches for 33 yards. Julian Fleming had two touchdowns. So, and then, you know, Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka were stars again. One thing to look watch out for, Travion Henderson was a little gimpy uh, after the game. He, he was only in for the first series and then didn't play the rest of the game. So, interesting to see what happens there. Ohio State hosts Wisconsin in the, I think, the showcase game for the Big Ten. Uh, one of two showcase games for the Big Ten. Uh you have Michigan and Maryland and then Ohio State, Wisconsin next week. So it should be a couple of really good games for next week. That's the end of the recap video, uh, recap podcast, I should say. Thanks for listening. Take care. God bless.